Brooklyn's Radio, loving classical music. Well, I'd like to introduce you now to Adam Johnson, who's in the studio with me. He founded the Northern Knights Symphony Orchestra, and it's a very warm welcome to Adam. And actually, I don't know how to introduce you, Adam, because you seem to be a polymath. You seem to do everything. Every time I say something, you're a vocal coach, you're a conductor, you're a composer, you found orchestras. I mean, what is there anything you don't do? Um, I'm not a great cook. <laughs> I'm not an amazing cook, but I, I do seem to do everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also with regard to the orchestra, there's all the other things that people don't know in terms of fixing the orchestra Absolutely. and booking the players and, you know, making sure oh they've gosh, all got staff. Well. I do, I, yes. But I quite like it because then uh, it's uh, direct link yes. to our musicians from the conductor that I'm, I'm speaking to them and I'm texting them and saying, oh, hello, can you come to our yeah. Which I think they appreciate fully. I think it's a nice. That's great. It breaks yeah. down a bit of a barrier. Yes, I think, I think nice. that's true. And I know from my own point as a, uh, you know, as a singer, it's really nice to have that early contact with the conductor because otherwise it goes through somebody else and you yeah. don't really get any contact until you first start to talk about tempi or you yes, know, exactly. might not even be on the day you know or something yes and and i mean the a lot of our friend a lot of the musicians in the orchestra are friends of mine yes we're all friends and Great. that was really the ethos of starting the orchestra so we should be clear about what this orchestra is called give it its full title it's called the northern lights symphony orchestra fabulous and we started eight years ago mm-hmm. i know that because we started on my 30th birthday oh we all know now. So, We're all uh, counting on our fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and we started as uh, an idea, a, a chance, an opportunity for friends, graduates from the Royal Northern College of Music. Yes. Of which, at the time, about 60, 70% of us uh, were, were graduates from the Royal Northern College of Music. And we got together and we did a concert in Pimlico. Mm-hmm. And nobody got paid. And uh, we had the wonderful cellist Jamie Walton, who's oh, a very, yes. very good friend of mine, uh, play the Sound Sounds Concerto. And we did some, uh, oh, a lot of other, uh, Beethoven 7. And we had a standing ovation from our mm-hmm. audience. And they said, you're going to have to do some more concerts because you're so good. And then it just really grew from there and um, just carried on and carried on and battled and you know and we got our charity status and all of those sort of company things that we had to do in order to then get corporate sponsorship but actually the ethos of the reason why we started has remained that we are an orchestra of you know mutual friendship and camaraderie and there's no real hierarchy in our Mm. orchestra Uh, we all know each other very very well and that makes a huge difference to people who are maybe new to the orchestra come in for the first time they always say it's a, a very, very different atmosphere mm-hmm. in rehearsal and indeed in performance because it's just such a more welcoming and and, and probably atmosphere. more supportive environment as well. Everybody's absolutely. not just playing for themselves; they're playing for the whole good of the whole orchestra. Exactly. Really. Yes, absolutely. And that's I think that's become very infectious to the audience. Mm. Um, they they really pick up on that and they really are aware of th- that. There's something different happening on stage. Yeah. Yes. No, that's great. So, um, so you founded the. I mean, you were all at the Royal Northern College. Most what of did us you were. study there? I mean, well, I, you know, I, dare I, I ask this? I studied. Um, I, I was a pianist, then I became a composer. Then I studied uh, piano again with Martin Roscoe. Oh, yes. And then I studied uh, conducting as a master's. Uh, and ah. one of my tutors was 
Sir Mark Eldon. Oh, well. So I had uh, good teaching. Yes, good. good. And uh, do you still play? I do. I'm a a chamber musician and I'm a solo pianist. And I also uh, perform on cruise ships. I do the occasional ship. I quite like going abroad and seeing oh, the world yes. and performing around the world. Which I've, is, I've done a bit of that myself well, as well, great. yes. Um, and yes, I'm, I still play. I still play. I've just started a new recital series this year. Oh. And I started to study with Peter Feuchtfanger yes. um, about seven years ago. And I found that my technique has really um, it, it's gone into a different level. And I suppose I was going to ask you, I mean, with doing all the work for the orchestra and everything else, I mean, where on earth do you find time to practice? I mean, if that's not a rude question. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> when you're doing everything else... Um, I think one of the thing, the, one of the last things that I do uh, yes. is look at the score, sure. and it's very worrying. I've tried to; <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always sort of, oh, I need to, you know, study the music. But yes. actually, it's all music that I've wanted to do for a while, so I already know it. Yes. Um, uh, but now that things are, we've got an amazing board of trustees, and a lot of them who perform in the orchestra, mm. uh, and we sort of share the share the load and you know, all that kind of thing, and yes. we sort of. Uh, people are very, very supportive. So it gives me a little bit of an opportunity to have a bit more time to practice, score, study. Yes. Um, but I still like to, to book the players myself. And I, yeah. I, I really enjoy well, doing that. Well, I can that. see that from, from the ethos of the orchestra and from what you say exactly. about your being hands-on right from the start. Yes. And you keep that connection going through. So by the time you come to the performance, mm. you've got a new friendship going or something. Absolutely. You know? And it's also a sort of um, one of our trustees and a co-founder uh, of the orchestra mentioned in the trustees meeting the other night uh, that we're a family. Yes. Uh, and uh, what's interesting is uh, my parents and my family are very, very involved in the orchestra. Mm. And, um, w- peop- and members of the orchestra know my parents. So yes. when they're around and uh, at concerts and also other parents of other musicians, everyone mm. knows everybody. So it's a, it's a tremendously nice environment. I was going to ask you about, I mean, how, do, how did you get from birth to here with you know oh. sort of i mean where did your musical training start i mean have you got musical parents then or um, it was really from my grandfather uh-huh. who i don't i didn't really know for very long um he died when i was very very young mm-hmm. and he was a silent movie pianist uh-huh. and a painter and a, a, a wonderful singer and I'm a Geordie. I was brought up in Newcastle at yes. one time. And I went to the King's School, uh, where I was a music scholar. And I had incredible opportunities there to right. conduct the school orchestra um, mm. and to play and to have my music performed and workshopped and all the rest of it. So by the time I got to the Royal Northern College of Music, I'd sort of experienced the thrill yes. of performing um, for quite a little while. So you see it that? It's interesting you say that because I was, at, I was up on the Wirral and, you know, we had, I was at a very musical girls' grammar school. Mm. And, you know, what worries me slightly now, and I, I became a teacher ultimately mm. for a little while, so I had a music for a while. And what worries me now slightly is that I feel we're losing this facility for, don't take this the wrong way, but for ordinary people mm. to get to... Music colleges. And yes. To, I mean, you have an education program, though. I was quite interested to talk to you a bit about yes, that. Yes, we, we've that. got uh, a couple of concerts throughout the year where we do some education outreach. And they are one is a Christmas carol concert. Uh-huh. And we are affiliated with some schools in Streatham. 
And we always do a family concert, and we've just did it in May, mm-hmm. May the 7th. We did Peter and the Wolf with one of our honorary patrons, Jonathan Price, oh, yeah. uh, which was amazing. Fabulous and, voice. Oh, he was wonderful. <laughs> and we had around 300 children in the audience, and we were beginning an associ- we are beginning an association with the deaf school. Oh. So we had a sign language performer as well. Uh, so that was very, very exciting. And so are you hands-on with all the educational outreach stuff as well? I, well, to be honest, there are people who do it far better than I do. So <laughs> I, I take a little step back. I'm not very good at that. But um, the, the, this board, my You've board members, have mm-hmm. pe- uh, they're amazing that yes. they do that as well. Well, I mean, and I think that's kind of what we're going to end up relying on, are the educational outreach programs. Mm. from the opera houses, from the orchestras. Yes. And, you know, particularly young, vibrant orchestra like yourself mm. is really going to connect with, with uh, children and people, yes. young people that we want to get into music and Absolutely. stop this rot of things not happening. I mean, Nicola Benedetti, you mm. know, is, is very keen to, to really reach out to schools. Oh, the, yeah, and absolutely. And there's a lot of champions for yes. that. There really is. Yes. Um, and quite often when we are doing a concert where there's... Um, children involved, we like to try and put on a contemporary piece as well. Absolutely. Um, and they quite often find that very, very exciting. Uh, last, or two years ago, we did a piece by Edward Gregson, which uh, Dan Watts, our principal flute, performed, and he had to shout and do lots of things. <laughs> and, uh, and it was really quite, it was called Aztec Dancers, and it was very um, rhythmic and very, very exciting. And the children absolutely loved it, they, even though they'd never heard it before. It was, yes. It was wonderful. It's that immediacy, and it's people performing in front of you mm. and you just you don't come away from that without being touched by it mm, exactly exactly and i think that's that's really i'm really glad you said that because my daughter's just done a dissertation on primary school children and um why they're not listening to classical music that sort of thing what is the what's going on that oh, they're okay. not hearing that and it's so much harder really to do with the influence from parents and things yes but also it's it's just when you watch television you listen to background music mm-hmm. it's not there mm-hmm. and yes. so they're getting no opportunity to hear it so things that you're doing people mm-hmm. like you i think is absolutely vitally important and as an educator i'm really very passionate about that myself okay. yes know, I so. agree. brilliant well look we're going to um, have a little break now we're going to go to the ads and then afterwards we're going to hear your first piece which is yes. a recording of you and your orchestra i believe yes it is so we'll look forward to hearing that in a few moments you're listening to the classical collection on brooklyn's radio with janet show well, just before the ads there, I said that we would be hearing um, a piece that you're playing with your orchestra. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, well, we did our first CD recording, uh, I think in 2011, as a live recording from Seven Oaks School. Mm. And we, we decided to put on a, a variety program where we put the Brahms Violin Concerto, which is obviously very, very well-known and well-loved. Well, actually, we j- I just played the Andante from that in my first hour. Oh, there you are. So there you Wonderful. go. <laughs> um, and we also tried to put on something which was lesser-known, mm. and we did a symphony by Edward Tubin, um, who was an Estonian composer, an incredible symphonist. Mm. Uh, so we did the fifth symphony, which is on the CD. But the piece we're going to hear is the Serenade Number no. 2 for violin and orchestra mm-hmm. uh, in G minor by Sibelius. 
And we're very, very fortunate to work with the Sibelius Society UK. Mm. And we're very affiliated with the Finnish em- uh, embassy. And uh, this piece is performed by uh, Alda Dastari, who is an Albanian virtuoso uh-huh. violinist. And uh, our orchestra and myself conducting. Great. Let's have a listen to it now. Gosh, that's a lovely piece. It deserves to be known a lot more, actually, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a real beauty. Yeah. And I, I think as we've been going through our seasons and programmes, the more Sibelius we do, the more I find a, a love of mm. it. And, and, and such. it's a fascinating sound mm. world. And audiences really, really love hearing it. it it's, a, it's, it's a totally different sound world to anything else. Yes. Now, I mean, you've got a concert coming up. You haven't got any Sibelius, I don't think, in that. No, this, our finale, we, we're not including any Sibelius. Uh, the finale is... A, Can't a, put everything a, in. It's a bit <laughs> of a mix, um, but we wanted to include some British music as mm-hmm. well. Uh, the concert's at Cadogan Hall on the 9th of June, and we're performing uh, a piece by Lord Berners. Now, Lord Berners yes. is a composer which... Uh, he, he, I think there's, he's not programmed enough. Actually, the right. music's, the music's uh, got a huge amount of character and quite fun. Yes. And we're doing these three orchestral pieces, which have only been, I think, recorded once mm. before. Um, and the they're very, very short. And there's a chinoise, and there's mm-hmm. a, a big sort of uh, waltz in the middle. It's they're, they're great fun pieces. Mm. Um, so we're sort of experimenting with putting in again lesser-known mm. works. Um, and we're doing a beautiful piece by William Alwyn. We do a lot of Alwyn, oh, yes. and we're funded uh, by the Alwyn Foundation. Lovely. And uh, did he write a lot? He wrote a huge amount, did he? and he wrote a, he wrote a huge amount of film music. Yes, that's uh, why we know to him, remember, isn't it? Yes. And, and all of those film scores. That's right. You see his name go up don't yes. at the end of these old films. Yes, exactly. And but his concert works are very, very impressive. And we've performed some of the symphonies before, the, the String Symphony, the Sinfonietta, and um, the Fourth Symphony. But in this concert, we are doing Magic Island, and we decided to program this because it is dedicated to The Tempest, or it's, it's inspired by The Tempest oh, yes. for Shakespeare, Shakespeare 400. Yes. So, uh, and it's, it's an interesting, the, the music is an interesting palette because it's sort of film music-y, as well as being almost like Sibelius, or mm. a romantic... There's romantic gestures and um, but figurations I mean, Sorry to phrases. interrupt, just, but I mean, a lot of some of the great composers mm. in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, yeah. they were actually, that's exactly what they were doing. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, William Walton is often quoted as being panicked that he was going to be thought of as a film composer yeah. rather than... A, and Korngold, I played the violin concerto by Korngold. That's amazing. Absolutely beautiful. It was at the proms last year for mm. the first time, or since I'd heard it. And, you know, so I'm sure Alwyn is in the same. Yes, exactly. Shostakovich well, he made the leap across. Didn't yes. he? 
and Walton did, but mm. some of the others got a bit... Congo got stuck doing Robin Hood and <laughs> everything with Errol Flynn in it. But. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he did. But, um, but Alwyn, Alwyn's, yeah. Alwyn's music is uh, very, very beautiful. I, we always really enjoy performing. Mm. And um, it's interesting because... I try not to listen. If it's a composer that I don't know of, or I don't know the music of, I try not to listen to recordings of said piece before we perform it, so that I'm coming at it from a fresh perspective, as is the orchestra. Uh, So we've never performed the Magic Island before, so we're Mm. very much looking forward to that. And the other slightly lesser-known piece is the Norwegian piece that we're performing Mm. Um, we're very, very fortunate for this concert to be sponsored by a Norwegian sponsor, Hertigruten uh-huh. Cruises. Oh. And uh, we're putting on uh, Halvorsen Norwegian Fairy Tales. Now, these fairy tales, we're doing three of them, and they are extraordinary pieces of right. music. They're really impressive, really, really exciting, very, very loud. Were they, all, <laughs> were they orchestrated by him, or is it, are they actually brand new? Are they no, they're really? orchestrated by Halvorsen, yes. um, and uh, again, they're sort of fantastical and, and very, very exciting, mm. and very, very similar to the Firebirds. Which yes. Which we're which, talking of which, which, yes. Talking of which, we're going to hear now. Now, this is my unhurried, slow, relaxed music programme. Yes, I'm You're throwing about a to, spanner in the works. I'm yes, so sorry. hijack this. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what we're going to hear So we're to. going to hear the Infernal Dance from uh, Stravinsky's Firebird <laughs> Suite, which this, is yeah. the very, very, very loud <laughs> bit just before the finale. Um, and uh, we're doing this piece uh, because as the culmination of our season, which is called Flights of Sound we thought it would be very appropriate to play the firebed. So this is the Infernal Dance. Great. And it's actually, um, amazingly, it's uh, uh, Stravinsky actually conducting it as well. Yes, it's Stravinsky conducting Stravinsky. Wow. Well, let's have a listen to see what he really wanted to happen. Okay, well, we'll we'll let them finish that little movement off. Uh, We can sort of tell how it's going to go. Um, So um, we were just discussing that uh, this Mm. is the first time you're going to have conducted this. Yes, this is the first time I've conducted the Firebird. I've conducted the Rite of Spring before. Oh, yeah. Um, And the Firebird, Stravinsky always said the Firebird was far more French uh, the, probably one of his most French pieces, and, uh, and especially in terms of lullaby, instru- yes, yeah. and the instrumentation, the the style of the music. Um, but in, for example, something like the Infernal Dance, uh, the worst thing for a conductor um, to do when you've got an enormous score. A, the, the pages are flying over so fast because there's usually yes. only two bars to a page mm. because it's so huge. Yeah. Um, so you haven't got time to turn pages and you therefore don't really have time to look down. And the orchestra is very, very large for this piece, for the Firebird Suite. Right. Um, or for the Firebird uh, in itself. And you have to always be much more upright and, ah. and head up. 
right. so I have to really you almost have to memorize the score I was going to say that must be the, the, what you have to do because yeah. there's nothing worse being in that in between place mm. is there I know that as a singer with yeah. oratorio if you know it but don't quite know it well enough and you're starting to look down and then suddenly you see something that puts you off yes and because quite often you're sort of uh, taken in with the whole um, oh yeah the performing the thrill of it, of it all yes. and you know everything's getting very very exciting and the euphoria of it quite often when you look down you, you can't really make no, you don't, see, you, you don't really see it no. um, and because it's such complex music if you try and bring people in um, yes. when they've only been you know they've only had a bar rest uh, uh, you don't necessarily no, need, don't to. need to uh. um, otherwise your hands are going all over the place <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> look a bit like it. a puppet on a string oh, I think um, that's probably how I would look but I'm very very much looking forward to it and uh, as is the orchestra what's really lovely about when I've been sending texts around to people yes. asking if they're available Nearly every single person, whether they are available or not, has said it's such a thrilling, oh, exciting wow. program. So yeah, if is. the performers are looking forward to it, then, you know, that's that's something very exciting for yes. me because then I know that the orchestra is enjoying it. The worst thing is when the orchestra isn't really enjoying they it. They give that again. You know, yeah. and exactly. If it's... I think also the audience picks up on that if mm. they, they're aware that, oh, it's the 10th okay. time this month that orchestra's played exactly. Beethoven 7, yes. and you can tell yeah, just from absolutely. looking at them. Then um, I would hate for our orchestra to be in that situation. So well, we I think with you at the helm, that's going to be never going to happen, really. No, I like to try and keep it exciting. Yes. Now, talking about exciting, you've got one other piece in the programme we haven't talked about yet. Yes, which... uh, Strauss' Four Last Songs, oh. uh, one of my all-time favourites. And uh, I was very fortunate enough to see the Poulenc uh, Dialogue of the Carmelites oh, yes. production with mm -hmm. Simon Rattle uh, a couple of years ago at the Opera House and they used the community choir, the street opera. Yeah, Is it streetwise street? opera. Streetwise yeah. opera. Um, and, it, and Sally Matthews uh, played Blanche. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was watching this and it got to the, the penultimate scene in jail yeah. the night before um, with all the Carmelites and um, there was the head of the Carmelites, and Madame Lidouane, uh, was singing and it's the famous, real famous yes. aria from the yes. whole opera, yeah. really. And I was watching this, and this singer was singing, and I was sort of pulverized in my seat of this <laughs> incredible voice. And I, I didn't buy a program, stupidly, so I, I, I then did yeah. And uh, after, the, after the performance, and it was uh, Emma Bell. Oh, yes. And I thought, my goodness, this is the most extraordinary sound. So I looked at her rep uh, online, and I contacted her agent, and she does sing Four Last Songs. Oh, it's I very much does, in yes. her... In her mm. Uh, rep, so I asked if she would do this concert, and we are so thrilled oh, that yes. she is and honored that she's singing it with us. So we're very, very uh, excited. And I work in opera, I work with singers yeah. um, uh, on a weekly basis. Mm. Uh, as a pianist coming out of college, um, I, one thing that I was very, very interested in, you know, I did play for a lot of singers and yeah. opera. Uh, so I was doing repetitoring and I was working with various uh, singing tutors and involved with various opera courses around the country. 
Uh, and now I'm a vocal coach in London. Yes. Uh, and I've worked with Associated Studios and Janice Chapman and yep. Raymond Connell. And I work with um, a huge amount of singers every week. So I, I, when I'm hearing Emma Bell's voice, the, the technique yes. is so solid. And I think and to so put exciting. me as a singer to hear you say that is great because it means that from the inside out, when you're conducting, you will be mentally singing oh, absolutely. with the, with the singer breathing what, Exactly. Them. And I'll know, for example, I mean, with this piece um, the four last songs yes. there's, there's huge phrases yes. enormous oh, phrases God, yes. to sing so I'll be you know I'll make sure that I'm with Emma yes. in terms of I'll know when she's when it's beginning a huge phrase exactly. so you'll I'll not breeze, suddenly slow down hear. no 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 excellent and give us all iron lung moments yes <laughs> exactly. thank you for that well look I'm going to have to I'd like to play um, Jesse Norman singing this now you've brought that in for us and this is with the Gewandhaus Orchestra of Leipzig under Kurt, with Kurt Mazur conducting and we're going to hear the very first one of the four Fruling. songs in Fruling which means in spring, in spring. The incomparable Jesse Norman there singing the first of the four last songs. Adam, it's time to say goodbye. It's all gone too quickly. It has. Thank you so much. Well, I've really enjoyed it's been talking a pleasure. to you. It's been a pleasure. And I'm just going to do the what's on now, and obviously I'm going to include your concert Thank in you. that. Thank you. And tell people where they can get tickets and what time it all starts and everything. And remember, everybody, you heard it here first. <laughs> so if you'd like to go along on the 9th of June, well, I would recommend you do that. Would I think you just have to concert. drop everything and go, as it <laughs> <Yeah>. were. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you very much, Adam. Thank you, Janet. And, and Toy Toy for the concert. Thank you. Okay, well, we are now going to zip through some of the local what's-ons, like I said. We have the Northern Lights Symphony Orchestra concert. This is at 7.30 in Cadugga Hall in Slow Square, and that's on Thursday the 9th of June. So you see, you could go to most of these things in a succession. Emma Bell will be singing the four last songs, as we've mentioned, and Adam Johnson, who we've just been talking to. Well, it's the final concert of their season. They have Lord Berners' three orchestral pieces, Alwyn, Magic Island, Strauss, for last song, Halvorsen Norwegian Fairy Tales and the Stravinsky Firebird Suite. Tickets are £25, £20, £15 and £10 if you're a student or under 16. And the box office is cadoganhall.com or you can call them up on 0207 730 so I think there's plenty there to whet your appetite. And uh, I hope that uh, Adam coming in has given you, given you the thing that you might like to go and have a listen to that. Brooklyn's Radio, loving classical music.